What's the haps, coconut heads? Welcome to our podcast, where we talk story about culture, creativity, self-care, and our quirky obsessions. Informing, empowering, and entertaining with humor. You're welcome. I'm your host, Jade Fox. And I'm G Supreme. Sit back, unwind, and join us in our conversation. Welcome to another episode of Coconut Connection. I'm your host, G. Hello, it's Jade. So by the time you have listened to this, it's it would have already been a one year of pandemic shutdown. And uh, I know, and we were just talking about how different it is a year a year from now. Like a year ago, I remember being told we're going to be shut down for two weeks two weeks. And I was like, well, you can deal with two weeks, you know, but, and it was like, there was no training. There was no, but the good thing was I was already familiar with zoom. So it was like no biggie for me. Like it was just kind of like teaching every, the kids like how to get on here and stuff like that. Uh, But I could just imagine for a lot of teachers that this was not, this was something we all had to just quickly learn. Yeah. And so, and so looking back now, and then it became the rest of the year, school year, and then it became, we're going to continue. And, uh, and I think, you know, now looking back, I think a lot of teachers are more confident. It's not something ideal, you know, but I think people are more confident and have been pushed to learn more technology and oh, how yeah, to use adapt. it. Too. We've had to just, all of us have had to adapt. Yeah. And like we were saying, like, in the beginning, you know, you had to really think about wearing masks, whereas now it's like you're used to having it on hand or at all times. It's like something automatically. So and then a year ago, we didn't have the vaccine. So, yeah. So that's a good thing. You know, it's like it's progress. Um, It would be very disheartening if we were like we didn't have a vaccine by now, like. Like, where do we go from here if numbers are climbing? Because I think we're more than half a million deaths now in the U.S. Um, That didn't have to happen. I think most of them didn't have to happen. Um, But I hope that, you know, people take it seriously this time and just, uh, you know, mask up, get your vaccination if you can and uh, slowly reopen, not just go whole hog. Like, definitely. Definitely. We've been doing good. Let's keep it up, people. Let's keep it up. So what about you and uh, your job? Like, what do you see? You know, what can you recall from like a year ago to now? Ooh, I'm telling you, I, I think what's great is that we recorded it on our podcast. I believe we have an episode about, you know, what we were thinking and what we were feeling at that time. So you can, you know, check that out. Mm-hmm. But it has been unreal. I, I remember my mindset from then to now, like I thought the world was ending. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I was going to lose my job. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just yeah, so many so unknowns. Many, uh, yes. Unknowns. And it was just scary and stressful. And just like, I, I couldn't even get myself ready. Like I would just roll out of bed and just mm-hmm. get on. And it was really, I was kind of in a fog, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's almost like a way of life, right? Yeah. I mean, we're just talking about how we're not going to, I'm not going to stop wearing a mask. You know, I'm going to yeah. be like in the Asian countries and I'm going to just wear my mask all the time. But mm-hmm. I guess I mean, we've, we've 
gotten used to the routine. There's a routine. I'm, I'm kind of even almost sad a little bit to go mm-hmm. back to work. It's going to be a hybrid, of course. Yeah. Um, just like but, another thing that you have to get used to yeah, again, even exactly. though you finally found your spot. You found your sweet spot. We're right? groove. We got, we're in our groove. In our groove. You, know? you There's good, you, you like, I'm going to just focus on the positive. And, yes. <laughs> and then and now it's like, oh no, now we have to get, like, now you're going to push right? me out. <laughs> it's like, we have so much time now to do what we want. You know, we have time to eat, you know, sit down. Oh, we have yeah. time to like, slow down. Yeah. Spend with your families. And now when you go back. There's that drive time, right? There's that yes, all that. Drive time and then not just drive time, the the exhaustion. Um, I know that uh here in LA, we're in the purple tier widespread, but they predict that we're going to be in the red tier for you know in the next couple of days. And then, you know, I would feel safer if we were in the red tier <clears throat> for at least two weeks and then slowly, you know. Yeah. Um let's not get too happy that we're in the red tier for like one day, you know, um, we still have spring break. We still have Easter and all of the celebrations that happen and it's going to get warmer. People are going to want to be outside. People are, are fatigued. I totally get it. Um, but just be careful out there. Um, so what has been on the, uh, the uptick and we talked about this last week is that the uptick in Asian violence in, um, America, um, in comparison to a whole year, it, there's been an uptick of 150% percent uh, in incidences. And this, and, and it's been reported from 16 states. Um, this week, I was looking at the news and this week, there was three uh, incidences that made the news, which was uh, there was a New York grandma who gets knocked out and punched in the face. Uh, I was listening to this, her, her, um, her recount of it. She was just walking. This man comes up to her, to her nose to nose and spits in her face. (gasps) She covered her face and then he punched her out. (gasps) And a good Samaritan found her on the floor. And when she came to, she didn't know what was going to happen. She doesn't have health care. And so it's so sad because I think about, you know, that, it's an elderly person. I think about my mom. She has a black, she has black eyes, like, you know, and it's for what reason? Why? You know, um, then a Washington teacher who's Asian gets hit in the face with a sock, but the sock had a rock in it and broke it, broke that teacher's nose. (gasps) Okay. And then this one, um, I think I saw this one online. Um, like the video, I think. I don't know if this is the same one because there was a couple of videos of like people pushing elderly uh, Asian people down. But this one is in California and uh, he's uh, being knocked down and we found out that he died from that injury. Um, Who does that? Who, who, it doesn't matter what race you are. Who thinks that it's okay to hurt Elderly. Um, elderly. It's like that's like a child. That's, that's what I was gonna say. I'm like, that's like a child like pushing down a, a kid that's you know, like like why is that okay? Like, and what is the reason? And um, you know, I was listening to this interview that they they interviewed Margaret Cho. Um, I believe it was on CNN, and she was talking about, you know, a lot culturally, 
a lot of Asians um, would not report something like that. You know, like they wouldn't report it either. They didn't have like that lady, that grandma didn't have any health care because they're going to be like, what do you want us to do? It's like a hit and run, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was it's also culturally like a thing called losing face like you do not want to show anything any weakness or anything that that bothers you you you're taught to hold on to the pain and to internalize it yeah Mm -hmm. and um it's very connected to the book that we're going to read you know about holding in that pain it's just a cultural thing an asian thing that we do it's just like it's kind of like you don't want to give away your power so you hold it in and it's detrimental to everybody, but we're so, it's so ingrained in us, you know? Yeah, it's about admitting, admitting that you're getting therapy or your mental health, you know? It's like, it's it's really like a hush thing. Like you just take care of it, like quietly. Like don't tell anybody that you're going through something like that because it's, you won't, re- I, I, be- I believe you won't receive any like, outward support you know like mm-hmm. encouragement it'll just be like okay that's fine just deal with it i don't want to hear about it right? that's like, a, yes just yes. get better just get better and like, oh, that's uh, great now what's up what are we having for dinner right it's like <laughs> i don't want to hear how I, you know like you know it's my fault you know <laughs> like, yeah or you're not supposed to you're supposed to just just get through it mm-hmm. like that's life life is hard you know what I mean? Just persevere. Like what makes you special? <laughs> but this is different. This is violence. You know what I mean? Like, yes. not that it's different, but it's, it's even more so like, uh, God, like people have been targeted and, uh, it's already been a year of this pandemic shutdown and people, uh, are still blaming. And these people are not all Chinese, granted. That's what I'm saying. Uh, they're like, Korean, like, uh, you know what I mean? Filipino, it, or I yeah, mean, Filipino, like there was like, and some you can't maybe trace to like it's a racial thing, mm-hmm. uh, but people are you know uh, it's 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 heightened, right? Like people are tired or what? I don't know. It's there's no good excuse for it. Like there isn't. There at isn't. All. And now you know I feel. And now like those people, those people's families are like, I don't want, I don't even want to walk down the street by myself, or my kid doesn't. Eat, my kid's scared because he saw grandma get punched in the face you know what i mean that's sad like it's scary and we have we have elderly parents mm -hmm. like you know and 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 i have a daughter who looks asian i mean you know they're not gonna be like oh no they're not chinese so they're not no it's no it's it's anti-asian like Mm -hmm. it's anti-asian and you it's for people that were already anti-asian before all this happened and they just feel like it's okay because you know what you're protected by the law. Mm-hmm. You know, you're protected. All right. So we are going to talk about um, the best we could do by uh, T. Bowie. Uh, she is uh, an author of this graphic novel. She's the, the, the writer and the illustrator of this book. It has been nominated for awards like National Book Critics Circle. Uh, A Barnes and Noble Discover Great New Writers Spring 2017, Um, and it is a notable book, uh, 2018, and it's it's described as an intimate and poignant graphic novel portraying one family's journey from war torn Vietnam. 
so this is a memoir of T. Bowie's uh, family. So it's not a history book about a documentary about Vietnam. It's her family's experience from it. Um, it also goes on to say this beautifully illustrated and emotional story is an evocative memoir about the search for a better future and a longing for the past, exploring the anguish of immigration and the lasting effects that displacement has on a child and her family. Bowie documents the story of her family's daring escape after the fall of South Vietnam in the 70s and the difficulties they faced building new lives for themselves. So I feel like it's a very relevant story today. I mean, we still, um, the immigrants. It was. The, the, the relationships, the relationships within the family unit, that was very relevant. It, it you know, and I'm always fascinated by stories of Vietnam or people, I don't know why, but there is something that just, when I think about that war, I think about, you know, just, it's just so much like we fought so long for no reason, you know, and, and I feel bad, like for all the people that, that died and were killed. So I do enjoy stories that involve like Vietnam. Yeah. And I like that it was, it's a memoir. So it's a memory. It's a point of view, right? It's not like mm -hmm. history, although it was laced with a lot of historical context, which was really good because it's coming from a point of view that maybe you and I have seen, you know, we know, like you said, we know about the images of Vietnam War. We know a little bit about it, Agreed. but this was very personal yes. because it's like her family. So maybe your family didn't go through that exactly, but it's rel it's it's important because it happened to somebody. So a little bit about the author. T. Bowie was born in Vietnam and she came to the United States in 1978 as part of the boat people wave of refugees fleeing Southeast Asia at the end of the Vietnam War. Her debut graphic memoir <clears throat> is The Best We Could Do, which is what we're going to talk about uh, today, has been selected for an American Book Award, a common book for UCLA and other colleges and universities. <clears throat> Sorry, I have something in my throat. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, it made over 30 best of 2017 book lists, including Bill Gates' top five picks. Wow. She illustrated the picture book, um, A Different Pond, written by the poet Bao Fee, um, for which she won a Caldecott honor. So the Caldecott honor is usually for the illustrations. Um, with her son, Hayne, she co-illustrated the children's book, Chicken of the Sea. So her son, I think at the time he was 12, they, he, he has a book. Aww. He has a book deal. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, her, short, or her short comics can be found online at the Nib, Pen America, and Boom, California. She is currently researching and drawing a work of graphic nonfiction about immigrant detention and deportation to be published by One World Roundup House. So she's a lot of things, which yeah. I, I'm i so glad that I that I, I would never have probably known about this book ever. Me too. I would not. It was it wouldn't have been something. No, would it would not have been something read. that, yeah, because I've never heard of this book. Um, I, we heard of this book from Joanne Rondia, who is a professor who uh, uh, last May, she had all these suggestions for uh, Asian, Dr. Asian, Dr. J, Dr. Joe, uh, <laughs> you know, um, 
to to highlight uh um Asian and Pacific Islander authors. So that's where we get that's where we're getting like actually most of these uh books from. Let's quickly talk about the narrator, which is T Bowie. She's the 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 narrator of the memoir. And um <clears throat> we kind of talked about her. She's she's uh she's an adult in the story going back to her life. And it all starts with the scene of her having her own child. And uh she we are like I already explained, she's she's from Vietnam. Her family's uh was one of the refugees. So I'm gonna go straight into like the relationship okay. with her mother. So I found it interesting that the first scene was her going to give birth and then the mom not being there. Like she was in the hallway. Yes. She like, said she was going to be there, but then she she didn't stay yeah. in the in there. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm like, oh, that's something that yeah. is going to set that is setting the tone. For Definitely like, set the tone. So you, we wanted to know what, like, why, why? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, for me, I, it, it, in the beginning, yes, it, <clears throat> you are introduced to her mom and you feel a bit, there's, there's a bit of a cold and distant mm-hmm. relationship they have, you know, um, you can see that, um, you could see that she does have concern for her, yeah. but then there's also that fear. Also. Yeah. It's like, she was more scared. Like she yes. was really scared. Uh, for and but she didn't want to be in the room, mm-hmm. so I thought like, oh, what is that about? Like, so I'm like, okay, this is gonna be like right away. I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a mother daughter yes. situation. Yes, I, I. It's funny because you didn't, you didn't quite like when I was reading it. Didn't quite get that yet. Like I was like, okay, where's this going? Because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what what journey she was taking me on. So I wasn't there. But then as I kept reading. Then I, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, right. Yeah. yeah. And right from the beginning, like, you see this, the struggle. It just starts right there. Like, you know, she's like going through labor. She has all the, the, uh, the fear, you know, that I can imagine. So, uh, you know, about having this baby, her firstborn, you know what I mean? Being in the hospital and, and going through the labor of it all. So I thought it was interesting that they didn't sugarcoat that part. Like, it wasn't like your Hollywood labor. Oh, no. It was like, oh, yeah. That, <laughs> all that's involved with all that. All and it wasn't that. like, uh, uh, yeah, I want to talk more about that that scene later uh, when we go into the okay. talking about motherhood. But it was very jarring. Like, I just read the sample. Like, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, this is not one of those graphic novels that are just going to be like cheery. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's not uh, an anime manga kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> it's very realist, you know, but it's it just is. in drawings. All right. So can we talk about um, her dad, Bo, and her relationship with her dad? So I think that was another different kind of. Again, not sugarcoating it and not yeah, no. not in a Hollywood like father daughter kind of thing. No. Again, it was interesting too because I thought maybe one of the parents, you know, it'd be mm-hmm. different. But I felt that relationship was also cold and distant. It was with a bit of fear mixed in it, you know. So it was but it was different. I felt like 
maybe she spent a little more time with Bo, like mm-hmm. with her dad, just because of situations. Yes. But it was a very strange. It felt strange. Yeah, and- distant, distant. Mm-hmm. Because we find out later that, you know, Bo, her dad is like at home most of the time. Yes. Whereas the mom is out there, you know, you hustling, know, hustling, hustling, going to school, yeah. you know, and um, working and stuff. And he has, you all, there's um, the image of him sitting with a cigarette is always mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? Uh, then you wonder like, what is it? What is, there's a story behind that. There has to be a story, which we find out later his story. It's like all foreshadowing. It's almost like all foreshadowing towards, you know, wanting to know more about like these people. Yeah. And like, I, it started uh, triggering things like, okay, so I wonder about like, I wonder what my grandfather's story more like, um, you just hear bits and pieces maybe, but you know, I'm more connected to like, I know my dad's story probably more. I know my mom's story, but not in that detail. Like I wouldn't be able to like actually write about it, but I think I would have enough, you know, to know about like my, my father, like, how did he get here? You know, how did he get here? Um, but like, I think, I, I get that where it's like the old people, unless you really ask them, mm-hmm. they're not really talking about like the days when they were in the Philippines, you know, um, at least my grandfather didn't. And Growing um, up in Hawaii, like how was that like moving here? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all the struggles that they had to go through, like it's not something that you kind of lead with. And so I was, I kind of watched, um, a video on an interview with T. Bowie and she's because one of the questions was like, why couldn't you, why was your, your mother, there's a scene in the book where the mother's talking to about Vietnam with her husband and not her. And so they're like, why is that? Why did she feel more comfortable talking about it with your husband and not you? And she's like, I don't know, but maybe it was my approach. Like, going in in a tape recorder or I'm recording your voice as to like, you know, do you remember how you used to do your hair when you were this age? What were you wearing? Like, you know, it's, you know, what, how are you feeling? It's th- those are different things than like analyze your life. Yeah. And what do you, why do you think you're the way you are? Like, I thought that was interesting. Cause it's like, yeah, that's true. If you're, if it's more conversational and like things that they, cause honestly, you probably don't think about these things. I mean, uh, especially with her family, the struggle of all the struggle that they had mm-hmm. to come here. It's almost like you want to forget it. You yeah. want to forget it. They had um, rough. They had rough. They had lives. It rough. They had like rough lives on both sides. Cause she tells the mm. story of her mother and her father while they were, when they were growing up. Um, and she's like, yeah, uh, you know, I had to ask them like, so like, what, what, what age were you? And how did you feel? And what did you wear? Like, she's like it, then they were more open to like, because they didn't really know, like, if you tell me about your life, it's, it's too broad, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, what was the other thing I wanted to say? She was talking about how you should, as an illustrator, okay, so she was talking about as an illustrator that everybody should try to draw their younger selves. 
because there's something about drawing you as a child it opens you up too. So this memoir became a lot like therapy to her. Mm, I can see that. Can yeah. See that. And I thought about you because I'm like, yeah, you know, because you have to make sense of your own, your mm. own perspective. And it's like puzzle pieces, right? Like, why am I the way I am? You know? Mm. And, um, and I thought it was interesting was, yeah, the, the characters like her mom and dad, like they didn't have that, uh, typical, like, you know, American, I guess, relationship where you're just close and you talk about your feelings and, and all that. Um, didn't it feel like our family in a way, like, didn't it feel like mm-hmm. you, I could see, I could see my mother and my father in those characters. Not, yeah. I'm not saying they're exactly, but yeah, you know, it made me, the book made me appreciate that, you know, older people or our parents had a life. Like mm-hmm. they had stories before us. They had, and we never asked them. I mean, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. I mean you did, but maybe, but I never, cause it was always about me. I was always in my own suffering. So yeah. I never thought, but this book made me want to like go to my mom. I don't know that she would though, because she has that Asian, you know, she's quiet. They don't talk about their shit. Right. Right. But yeah. like, but like T movie saying like, you have to, it's the approach. Like she was just like, it's the way you ask, you know, um, in conversations or when you have to kind of get them while they're in that mode and then they tell you more. And I thought that was interesting. Um, and maybe like in the book, it's because it's painful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what and it's painful it, for us. I don't I didn't know that I wanted to ask. Like, I'm like, mm, I don't know that I want to hear the answer. Right. Like, am I ready to hear? Are you ready sadness? to hear? I'm not. Yeah. Like, I, but, but you know, I want to know. But you know, know, like, okay, so with the author and her memoir, I feel like, you know, after reading it all, it was like almost like um like she could like there was a thread. You know, there's an intergenerational thread that everybody holds. Yes. And which is the the pain and the suffering and how yes. you just kind of internalize it. Um, or I know in families where it's like, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, you're not good enough. You were abused and then it, they pass it on, even though you've evolved. But it's like there's a, a, a like a thread that that connects everybody whether it's spoken or not true it's like a subconscious like you you inherit like you know when tabitha last week said when you are born your subconscious is is developed all the way up to i think she said up to eight or nine Mm -hmm. and you don't know you've you've inherited that i say a file folder from your previous um I, I've heard this story. Somebody told me that this lady was uh, very terrified in public speaking. And she was a public speaker, but she would just be very terrified. And to the point where she would cry, hyperventilate, whatever. And she always thought she was just scared of speaking in, in crowds. But find out, come to find out that it, she had either a past life or a relative um, that they lived in a a place where if you speak out, you get killed. And then when she learned about that, 
she was just like, it makes perfect sense. Cause she's like, I don't have a reason to be scared of speaking, you know, but it makes sense that it's, it's woven into your DNA of that, of that traumatic experience. And then and what's like, fascinating is you don't think that like, you know, when we we're young, we're like, we're not going to be like our parents. They're like, no, like mm-hmm. we fight them. But as we get older, we realize that we are more connected to them than we thought. The function of this, uh, the function of her telling the story, in my opinion, was to figure herself out. Mm, I can see that. You know, she had to go back because the majority of the, the, the story is about her parents and their, how they got here. And so I think really the function in my reading it as a whole is like the reason why she had to go back was to actually kind of figure herself out. And where was she going to go now being a mother? You know, I, my, I, I feel the same way you do, but in a sense, I feel like I think this took her on a journey. I think she started writing it for a reason. I don't know that that reason was to figure out what her, you know, her purpose or, you know, what we talked about, but mm-hmm. I feel like she discovered in the writing of it. Cause I feel like when she's telling this, like, it's almost like she realized, you know, after, after going through that history that they were connected. So yeah, I feel yeah. like it was a, a gift, kind of like she discovered it. Like Yeah, she talks about that. She wrote it in a sense to tell her, her family story, you know, because nobody is really uh, telling that story. It's like, there's so many movies about Vietnam that, you know, I mean, it's an American's perspective also yes. um, that it's not being told. And so- so I think it started out like that. And then it eventually became about therapy for herself mm-hmm. and trying to resolve that. some things in your, in your family that are very, uh, it's like a, a mystery, you know? Yes. Um, and even when you read it, she doesn't explain everything, which is interesting. Yeah. It's like, why did she say that? And I'm like, why did she, 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 there was this one scene that I was like, Something about the room, like, because she was saying that she was staying home with her dad because they were like the two younger ones. Yes. And there was a picture of a naked yeah. lady. <laughs> right? <laughs> On and the I was wall. Like, I was just like. And that felt disturbing that? in a yeah, way. That I was like, disturbing. are you to tell me something? I don't. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> do they have naked pictures? Of? And it's like. She it said, set the tone for sure. It set like, the tone. Set like, the tone. And, yeah. Which I appreciated because, you know, it's like you're used to like the sugar coated, you know white picket fence family that had this one problem like you know like people you know what I mean like it just it set up the tone of like uh this is one person's family and like it's everybody's family is different um she says that her dad they I think she wrote like two chapters and she had her her parents see it or something like that and the dad did not talk to her for a month or two um (laughs) And uh, that's not surprising. Yeah, how was written. And no, so that. the funny thing is, of course, he didn't tell her why he was upset. Uh huh. But he did say, "Well, I don't like the fact that you have this naked women's, you know, on the wall, you know." <laughs> so, like, either he didn't like it or he, he didn't recall it. You know what I mean? Like, 
out of all the things that she said and implied about him, he was like <laughs> concerned about the naked woman on the wall. So she was like, I redrew it and just put like grass in front of her private parts. Yeah. So it was like, so she's like, what did I learn from that? I learned that I need to show my parents first. Before. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I would be so nervous. Like, cause she, I felt like it was pretty honest, but I'm pretty yeah. sure she left a lot of things out. So imagine like the things oh, that she didn't had say. To, <laughs> stuff had to be left out. There's nothing that in the way that the graphic art novel is written, there's no way you could put everything in there. And it's funny because I remember talking to my daughter about it. And I was like, mm. cause she loves graphic novels, right? Did All she that read stuff. it? No, she didn't read this. This mm-hmm. is not her type. But I was saying, I was so adamant. Like I was like before, I was like, I can't, there's no way I can get through this, this mm-hmm. book. I was like, I'm like, I'm not a, a lot. Yeah. I was like, I'm not uh how can you say everything you want to say with pictures? And she's just mm-hmm. like, no, mom, you'd be surprised. Like sometimes the way they draw it, like the fail, like, no, like, no, like yeah. you, you, I ha- I need words. I need words to describe, but you know what? I was I was pleasantly surprised. Like I was at the end before I knew it. And it was like, I wanted more. It was, it went so quickly. It was, and it was very beautiful. Um, And you could understand like the pictures filled in the blanks that were not said. Yes. Where there were no words. Yes. The pictures kind of set the tone or set it. Mm -hmm. And which I thought was very, very artistic considering the fact that this is her first novel ever made. right now was she granted, an artist before like she- i know that's why i have questions she's like i had to learn everything i made a lot of mistakes i have stacks of like revisions like because it's different from when you're typing in the story in a doc because when you're like oh i need to you need to redraw it the whole mm-hmm. thing um because visually it has to look pleasing visually Um, sometimes there's no words so you have to like readjust and so she's like it took me 10 years 10 years I think she was a high school teacher I think uh but she's and I'm like okay so that is another thing like okay so (laughs) you could set a deadline but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be done because I'm like she had to take that 10 years to make this really great story that is that I feel Obviously, I like the story um, that me too, that needs to be said. OK, um, she talks about uh, I, I she says this is a quote. She's like, so she made a comment uh, at this this interview. It was at the San Francisco Library. And one of the comments was because she made a comment like I had to tell this story because there was so many Vietnam movies, war movies told about us that wasn't telling my my family's story and i we can't we have to tell our own stories because we can't wait till ken burns does it you know ken yeah. burns is like a famous like documentary guy he's white <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and he tells everybody's stories so there was a a question in the audience he says and uh he says you you talk about ken burns like we can't have ken burns tell stories but <clears throat> he's like but at least he's telling the story and I was like, ooh, what's she going to uh, say now? Yeah. And she's like, she's like, people need to let to give the mic to somebody else. <laughs> and she's like, we we have to tell our own stories because we understand our wounds in ways where others cannot. Ooh, so I'm glad she didn't apologize yeah, for yeah. that. She was like, no, I meant what I said. It can't. <laughs> we can't have Ken Bridge tell our, my story or our yes. story. 
let people tell their own story. So why couldn't he like, why did he be the project like and tell the story rather than give the give the mic, give the lead to somebody that's in that it's their story. And I thought that was uh, I was like, yes, girl, like say it, you know. <laughs> OK, so I want to go back to the motherhood labor things because it's it's a very to me, it's very traumatic. It starts with this birthing scene. And most scenes when you see people having babies, it's a very happy thing. Yeah, they push and they, uh, you know what I mean? And then they're like, ah, and then like everybody's happy. You know what I mean? But you were there, girl, when I was giving birth. I was, but it wasn't a happy joy. (laughs) It wasn't happy, but we, yeah, it wasn't. But, and it was long. It was very long. I remember you were poor thing. You were hungry. You no, were hungry. I was hungry. No, poor thing. You were hungry. What do you mean? I, I could and go I could out. And, I could I go out and eat. I had to I, suck on those chips. Those yeah, it's chips. like oh yeah, mm, chips. <laughs> I thought about that because I think she mentions that in the book about how she like you can't eat anything. Like you can't eat anything, and then now it's like, are you gonna? You know, we have to get the baby out. Like we have to get them out, you know, like it was that sense of urgency. But then like the way she wrote it was just like, okay, but not like a firm. Okay. It was like, I guess, you know, (laughs) and there was a, there was a, there was a somber, there was a somber tone in her giving birth and, and that sort of tied into her her mother's own experiences. Um, And I was going to say about that is, Mm -hmm. although there is like a great joy, you know, to giving birth, there's also a heaviness, you know, in the relation, you know, of our own weaknesses and our own vulnerability, you know, in relation to protecting and guiding our children through life. So there's a lot going on in that moment. Yeah. And, and, uh, that whole lactating part, I mean, because it keeps on coming up and I've known a lot of my friends having problems with breastfeeding. So that was really real, but it's like, oh, wow. She spent a lot of time on that, you know, a lot of time on like, wasn't latching on that. She was comparing herself to the other mom and the other, the next door to her, that that her baby was eating fine and her baby wasn't. And, you know, it's like, what is wrong with me? Like, and that's a real thing. Cause I remember, and I don't know if I've told you, but my ex was like, that's, mm. you don't need to go to lactating classes. Yeah. It, the baby just knows. It's just a knows. natural yeah. thing. No, the baby does not just know. And no. there is a way that they have to latch on and it's not taught. Yes. Like, thank God they do teach it now in their classes. They do teach but- it now, but just imagine before that, before they had lactation nurses, before they had workshops, whatever. I think most women were just suffering in silence. They must have that, been. It's just that you didn't hear about it. Like everybody just kept it in because this is part of your job, right? You and you decided feel like have a failure, to failure, right? Feel you like feel like, like if you can't if you can't feed your baby, you you must be doing something wrong. Like that's probably what she felt. Like uh, I, I must be. I'm I'm failing. Like as a mother, like I can't even do this thing. Like what's yeah, wrong? And nobody with else can do it for you. It's not like you can just give it to somebody. Like give it to your mom and be like, "Can you feed the baby?" Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's like, and they tell you, you know, breast milk is like is the best. You know, for at least the beginning, right? So it's like that pressure of like, oh, why can't I get this right? You know, like, so I get that, and then like. And then if you do, uh, I, I had a friend that 
had to decide. She tried so much and she just couldn't. It was just engorged and everything. And so it was painful, you know, and then when you decide that you're just, okay, I'm just not going to do it anymore. I did it as long as I could. Then you have to deal with the pain of, you know, your milk having drying it out, drying it out. It's like, it's, it's and then you're dealing with your body just like being not what it's supposed to be. Like that's, that's why I was just like, why do people not feel like postpartum is real? Like, Oh, I get real. I gain five pounds and I get depressed. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> but everything is not changing. There's no, no change. And it's funny because like also you, you've seen throughout the book, like with her mom raising the kids, like she's doing homework. The baby's latched <laughs> onto her boob. Like, it's like, so imagine that pressure. I like know, that's here she's true. like fleeing her country. She's oh, God. Yeah. Baby, you know, it's like. I'm sure there was that comparison. Yeah. As you read more, you see their, you know, their journey from Vietnam and you, and it's so prominent how much the mom did like, uh, so much, so much that you could see, Oh, the comparison, like my mom did this during wartime with how many kids Mm -hmm. she had a baby during our fleeing time is like, yeah. And everybody working, working at night. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of dependent. That's where I thought I connected with in terms of my mom, like was always working and taking care of, of, of things, you know, the things that my dad didn't take care of, my mom took care of, but she was also working at the same time, you know? So it's like that, that's where we, we get our ideal of like, okay, we need to just handle it all because the people before us did it all. And it was, it was in different times. It was war during wartime or during, you know, a time that they didn't have help or whatnot. Um, So like, and her mom giving birth throughout the story, like also it brought me back to the beginning. Like, okay, this is important. Yes. And how many times? (laughs) The the many situations, like, wow. Like, then you understood. Then you understood the mother's actions and why she explained she showed you the photo she showed you a picture of her mom not being there but then she explained the reason that she couldn't be there for her like mentally and and emotionally and and uh and then coming to america and now the expectations of what it is to be american and oh spending time with your kids and you know you know it's like you don't know somebody's struggle like Mm -mm. you think about just families and uh, families alone, but immigrant families where they're trying to, to make it, you know, no matter what they took that, that struggle to get, you know, to get all the way over here. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't, you have to make do with what's down. I think that's a lot of immigrant stories of they just make do with what they can because they got here. And it's like, we got to just deal with it. Um, I thought was interesting. in one part of the story where she talks about, and it made me think, and I still thinking about it because, um, when and I won't give away the spoilers to the ending, but there's a part that um, I guess her mom in Vietnamese mom. Uh, there's two different ways to say mom in Vietnamese, like the north, the northern, and the south, southern. And uh, they were talking. She says that I guess it's it's May or me. I think it's May. And then, but the children chose Ma to call the mom that. And I was like, okay, why bring that up? It's just like two pages, but I'm like, 
Yeah, there was a must have been a reason. That yeah. means yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. you know, to be able to choose what your kids call you, I guess, is important. Um, you know, mom versus mama versus mommy versus mother. Mm-hmm. How important is it to you for your kids to call you a certain name? And I, I don't know this because I'm not a mom. Um, but I have to admit <clears throat> when I had, when I had the boys, I, I was like, I will always be mommy. Like, that's Aww. what I would like to be called. Like, doesn't matter how old you are. I want to be called mommy. But, yeah. you know, like, you can't control that. Like, once they no, come older, they're true. not going to mommy in that's front of true. all these when people. They're little, <laughs> when they're little, it's mommy. That's okay. for sure. And then, of course, there comes a time that they do. And now they just they just call me mom. Or they say ma. You know, they do. They ma, <laughs> mom. So, uh, yeah, so that made me thought, think about that, too. Like, how is important? How important is that? And why did the author bring it up? Because I guess she chose for to, to call. I mean, when she had her son, she chose to be called May instead of Ma. And it's like interesting. I think that's interesting. I thought that was it's very surprising. These things that come up. But um, and it, did, did it feel like it tied everything together kind of neatly? With I that. thought so. I mean, I don't know. I thought I'm so. not without giving it away. Like, yeah, the ending I like felt that. like it did. The because I liked it because it wasn't neatly packaged, like, oh, now all of a sudden Bo is like, you know, playing catch with the, the grandkids. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, it is he stopped everybody smoking. <laughs> he stopped smoking. I started everybody. Out. <laughs> yeah, it's constant. Everything is consistent. Like you know, in- the mom the mom the mom um, didn't all of a sudden become mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Martha Stewart or, or whatever. Who's So that's what we had looked Ray- forward to. Carol so. Brady. Carol <laughs> our parents, Brady. Our parents are never going to, no matter what we talk about. No matter what. Don't expect them gonna, to change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, but I feel like going back to the motherhood thing, um, going back to that, once you became a mother, I want to ask you, Okay, did it change your, like, wave you saw your mom like the things that you had to go through did it be because when I had the boys I mean granted I never birthed them but I had an like wow my mom how did my mom become so like like a machine you know like I had a, I was in my feelings a lot <laughs> like yeah. I was in my feelings a lot <laughs> and she's like it's just poop you know like yeah I was just like ah, yeah. poop. <laughs> like she's like what is going on like like she was very like understanding with the boys too. Like it, things did not freak her out. But I don't know if it's because she was grandma. You know, like grandma yes, and yeah, mom. They're is different. Like, they're different when they're, they're different grandma. people. They're totally different, different people. Totally different. Be like <laughs> night and day. Like where was this woman when I? Okay, was- okay. So there's yeah, there's a difference. That's that's my experience. But you know, when you gave birth and you became a mom, like literally from the get go, like from the womb, like did it change? Did it? Uh, did how did it affect your perspective of your mom? And reflect on like how, you know, all that, whatever feelings are things that flooded in, I would think, you know. Well, see, and like we talked about, everybody's experience is different, right? Yeah. They're what they've been through. Um, For me, I was in my 20s when I woke up one day in bed. I don't know what I was thinking. And I was thinking about my mother Mm -hmm. and reflecting on all that she did for me and all the sacrifices she made in that moment. And I just started crying. So Mm -hmm. that was before I had kids. Right. So, yeah. So it, 
I had that moment and I realized how much she did. So then I, from that moment on, I, I had a bit of appreciation for her yeah. when I had my kids. It was interesting because I was postpartum and mm-hmm. I had to say, sometimes I was a little upset at her. Yeah. I think because it wasn't like you see everybody has that mom that yeah. stays with you, mm-hmm. lives with you for six whatever weeks right. to take care of you. Yeah. That wasn't my mom. And yeah. for whatever reason, her experience, but yeah, yeah. Well, she, yeah, she was alone. She was here and her parents couldn't be with her here. Right. So when I'm thinking about it, but yeah, at the time when I had my kid, I, she was distant. I mean, she was happy. She would come over, but she would not uh, yeah. sacrifice any of her time or herself. To help me, mm-hmm. that that's like T. Bowie when she was talking about she thought her mom yes. was going to be in the room and yes, it was, and it then was, when she had the baby, she thought she was going to help her, but she was just like she was there as a grandma, but yes. she wasn't adding any assistance or help. And that's the part for me that I related to T. Mm-hmm. Is is that relationship with her mother that cold, distant? Or, seemingly cold, seemingly, distant yeah. relationship. Um, and I have to say that the book even made me appreciate more because I'm writing my own, right? Yes. And looking back, even though I look back now and I can, I can, I don't see it like I did when I wrote it. Okay. I'm a different person, but mm. it made this book really like made me see that you know our parents had their own lives you right. know, they had their own problems their baggage their their dreams their goals yes, their, their disappointments yeah so I and as a child they can't relate to you like it it who are we you know so yeah. it was like a moment like it made me appreciate her so much more and it made me want to then try to find out my mom's stories you know mm-hmm. hear the sad shit i want to know what she was going through yeah. my when my memory of my father was this mm-hmm. what was your memory mom yeah like what were you thinking maybe i know my memory is not mm-hmm. correct you know it has holes mm-hmm. so yeah it was the book really just brought a lot of stuff like realizations and stuff but as for motherhood I did feel the same thing that T did yeah well that brings me to my next part is that you know her memoir telling style um obviously it's a graphic novel and it's different from just writing you know I mean like I could imagine like there's totally different processes the process is totally different like you have to think visually yes as an artist and then you have to think about what words you're going to use because you can't use all the description. Like she's like, I had to take all the descriptive writing out. So that's why she's like, you know, she's like, if you ever want to go into graphic novel writing, don't be like me because I literally learned as I did it. And that's why it took me 10 years, you know, and it was a lot of editing revision. Um, but um, it's like, so in a sense, she says, you know, writing is a little bit, you have more space to write. And, um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, because you had started your memoir, like, how does it differ or how is it similar to what you've experienced in writing yours? You know, it is 
totally a different style. It's not at all like, but she, even though it's not the same as mine, it -hmm. does not take away from the fact that it is like the same, you know, like Mm. it is, she is telling her story exactly in the way. And it, I don't miss anything. Like I, I've heard her story. I, I see her story. I feel her story, even if it's through the illustrations, Mm -hmm. through the words that aren't really there. Mm -hmm. But my style, of course, is it's different because it's I'm very wordy and I'm very Mm -hmm. I express through my words. Mm -hmm. So that's it made me appreciate the way different people tell stories because there isn't just one way. Maybe there isn't just my way or uh, the standard way. And I was pleasantly surprised that I could understand this story. And, and I got it. Like I felt mm. connected to the story that surprised me. Mm-hmm. So I did appreciate what went into that. What I thought was interesting in her talk to the interview of like at San Francisco uh, library, she was talking about, it's so much different writing to an audience that is not majority white. And what she means is that, when you're with people uh, in your your people, you don't have to over explain a lot of things. Like when we talk, I already know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't you don't have to over explain. What do you mean about, you know, the grandma, the mom, the daughter relationship? Because I understand it. It's yeah. culturally. Right. And so I was like, ah, oh, uh huh. It's not your it's not your um, job to explain uh, race and historical context. So I thought that was very eye-opening because it's like, you're like, if I had to write something like this, would I have to have all these background? It's like, no. Like, if you want to know something, you Google it like everybody else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, she chose to put some background because a lot of stuff was happening. But um, in a sense, also, too, it's not a history book. Um, it is, she's, that's why I said, I didn't want to write a story about Vietnam war. I wanted to write about my family because everybody has a different story, but I also wanted to honor those people that, that struggled whatever way. And this is how I remember it. And I try to fill in the holes with my parents' recollection, recollection of it. And, um, so I thought that was interesting being an artist and not having to think of your audience your white audience, right? Like we're always thinking like, oh, we got to we gotta make sure they understand it because, you know, they're not going to want to buy it or they're not going to want to co-sign on it. But it's like, it's not your responsibility to explain it. It's like they can go out and learn by themselves. And as an artist, you can, you can speak your truth and tell your story. And I was like, wow, that was so powerful. It was powerful. Amazing. So, for our uh, try this segment, and I thought about this as I was reading uh, the book, and um, I thought, wow, you could actually, what if you did your own memoir? This is what I would think of doing. So um, start with something short, like a short one story, not your whole family history. And um, she also, she always, uh, she also, t always, uh, she suggested this too, because one of the stories and one of the questions in the audience was, you know, I'm I'm an illustrator to a graphic novelist. I, I want to be. And so she said, start off with one page first. 
or start off with three panels and then a spread and then a chapter. So she's like, that way, you know, don't, and be, that way you could see if you want to commit or not. Because once I committed, it was 10 years of my life, like trying to make this thing happen. So um, tip one or step one would to be start with one memory to research or be curious about, and then uh, record it in a sense, either write it down, actually record somebody talking about the story or record yourself or illustrate something just to, to kind of get your juices flowing. And then reflect on how has this memory influenced or affected you, either directly or indirectly. So, for example, like um, we're talking about the hoarding thing. You know, my dad collected a lot of things and it directly affected me because I took care of my things. Like, like especially things that are dear to me. I'm like, nobody touch it. I have a case for it. Uh, with my dad, he had his name on it on all of his things. So, and he trained me to put your name on everything. Although I don't do that now, but he would do that to us. Like put your name on all like your cases, your instruments, your books. And because I think he had a traumatic experience where uh, someone stole his things. Oh. Someone stole his guitar from his apartment. Oh. And he, for and he told the guy, like you took my guitar. And he, the guy was like, no, this is mine. So ever since then, he wrote he wrote his name on everything. So that's why his name Alapag is all over the place. Like, and so that on all his equipment. Yeah, on all his equipment, and it's mostly in my writing because I'm like, <laughs> why do I always have to do? It? He's like, because you have nicer writing than me. I'm like, why do I have to be the designated, you know, label everything? So I think that's directly and indirectly affected me. So. Um, so I could tell that one story about, you know, the day that my it, my dad, dad got something stolen from him and then step back and look at the characters like in a movie or novel and what comes up for you. Like what other questions like if you were the audience of watching this, reading the story, watching this movie, what questions would come up for you and then kind of like be curious and explore that more. Like why? Why is it? Why is it that he? writes his name on everything I want to know more about that um and then write it just do it imperfectly just do it whatever it is if you're if you're a writer write a story write a letter to this person you know um telling the story uh record yourself telling the story or even if you're an artist uh an illustrator draw something paint something and then I think again I don't think like oh I'm gonna publish this and like get you know sell it I'm just like I think it's a way to appreciate and honor the memory we might not know everything about everybody but just like I feel like it's a it's a way to show that you exist in this life um that you honor whatever they went through and um that they were a person first so um so that is my tip uh, and uh, start off, start off slow and start off short and then see if you want to commit to actually going down this road of like telling a part of your story, a memoir, uh, if you will. Because um, I think everybody's story, like T. Bowie said, everybody's story, everybody has a story to tell and it's only up to us to tell it. So I did do what you said and I have to say it was very 
it was very releasing and cathartic. But this this story too, like I said, her graphic novel, it really put things in perspective for me, you know. So, um, so here we go. What does a child know of the pain, struggle, and heartache of her mother? They are ill-equipped to carry the burden of life on their delicate shoulders or bear its cruel heartache within their pure hearts. It is that same naivete that keeps them from seeing the bubble within which they have been gently encased. Although its shell cannot fully protect them from the harmful elements swirling within, it suppresses and obscures the storms that rage without. When looking at the world through such a fuzzy lens, it is easy to miss the downturned smiles and defeated expressions or hear the outcry of frustration and hushed sobs. Mothers depend on this barrier to shield their young, but unwittingly leave them in such isolation for far too long. Sooner or later, the bubble becomes too effective, restricting access from the outside whilst prohibiting release from the inside. How can a mother see the teary eyes and outstretched hands or hear the occasional meltdown and woeful cries through the distortion? Armed with flawed memories and 2020 hindsight, it is easy to look back and lament on what could have or should have been done. In truth, however, both mother and child endured great suffering in secrecy alone and yet side by side in their own realities. Should not their common struggles and mutual triumphs over the incessant adversity of life bring them closer than either could have ever imagined, hoped, or dreamed? Wow. Wow. Ooh, wow. Was, and wow. I, and see, I had to share that because I was like, damn, that oh, I didn't think God. I could write anymore like that. Ugh. Like, I didn't think I could. Like, but that's what came to me when you I did your exercise. Wow, and I, Jade. It was. Wow. I just say, wow. I'm like, uh, Enneagram 4 in the house. <laughs> that would have took me a long time. I don't even know if I could do that. I could even it took me all do. day. I did the most yeah, part that, of the no, day. It's, it's, it, it feels like I could feel that, you know, the words are well chosen. Um, the Some of the imagery, like the imagery sitting side by side silently yeah like the bubble being encased in a bubble like the you know it's just did you feel like was there like a water situation there too was there like no a, no water situation just I, I was thinking storm or like waves or something i don't know why i was like i just started vision. i think because i said this i said storms but it okay, was like because I, I heard the storm elements, elements in the storm i think you know like you get it like it's yeah just, no because um, i was like i why am i thinking about the ocean right now because i'm thinking of a storm <laughs> but i think yeah i heard storm but i don't know why i thought of like a hurricane or something like i was thinking like oh it's a rocky like like but isn't choppy. life like that isn't life choppy. Like choppy and a hurricane and like a tsunami and yeah and, and you just and i think for me it was like you know we don't as children get like i said what our parents what yeah, they so i feel through. like that piece i felt like it was a poem um just a pre it's an appreciation and an honoring yes I did it that, all, girl. See, you give the me people, the assignment. The like, people me, that have gone before. Yeah, you, yeah. And you did the assignment. Like, great. Like, you know, it sounds really good. 
And right. what an inspiration because it's like, it's also really highly, it's connected to the story too. And I think what, what the author, the author's message at the end, like the, the theme of the, the whole, the reason why she wrote it or the outcome of why she wrote it was encompassed by that poem too. So I highly so please recommend read that the people book. read please it. Read yeah, we it didn't and let us know. We didn't like do it how. justice of, mm-hmm. we just talked about our reaction to it, but we didn't really talk about what, it was really about. So uh, again, if you're not history buffs, like we are, um, like we're not history buffs at all, but it's easy to read, but it is very deep. It's not like a cartoon or a comic, like you would think of, like it is a a serious, it's a serious, yeah, yeah, it's a serious uh, uh, telling of this story. And I think a lot of people need to hear it. I think it's a story that needs to be said. And it needs to be told by somebody who's been through it. This book top uh, exceeded my expectations. For sure. I thought I was like, well, we're going to have this book talk and we're going to try to say something good about it. Like I was like, (laughs) I I was like, you. I was like, I hope I get through it because I feel like I'm going to have to need like some history notes. Like I literally was thinking like that. But I'm glad I stuck through it because and just let it tell its story. Um, and I hope like that, we, we allowed ourselves to go on that journey. Yeah. Like, like without knowing everything. Like yes. we didn't have to know everything. We didn't have to know. Uh, all you needed to know there was and like like a lot of things, a lot of places right now with people trying to migrate and, um, you know, get to the border. I know border is a big, huge, you know, topic. Um but it made me think of all those people that they are willing to walk thousands of miles to change their their trajectory of their life. And who are we to say if they should not give be given the chance? Agreed. We don't it, know. We don't we know. know. Like, like, yeah, it, it gave me more empathy and um, compassion. Compassion. Um, and that we all have immigrant stories like no matter if it was like two generations ago, we're still part of that story. And thank you to, uh, uh, I feel like my ancestors and my, the people that have gone through and our parents that we're able to be here today and um, that we didn't have to go through the struggle that they went through. And so I, I felt a lot of gratitude as well. So that's why I was like, there's a lot of things after reading the book, all of it, it really just had a, it actually had a good feeling at the end. It did. It, it, and it brought me, it made me have an appreciation for my relatives, mm-hmm. for my mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not alleviating anybody of whatever wrongdoings. Yeah. But, but right. I, I will say that it did make me appreciate and have compassion and understanding for their lives and for yeah. what, what they've been through. So yes, please. It is, this book is an experience. Yes. Um, and, and it, let it take you wherever it does. Maybe it takes you nowhere, but you know, give yourself that chance. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's not a common thing that you would read in like high school, you know what I mean? Like, which, um, is a great story because immigration is a real topic. Like today, like forget about back then. It's like now, like it's a good conversation starter. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and a lot of immigration stories are not being told right now because of fear, right? Like you don't want to, 
like some parents or, you know, whatever, or people don't want to tell you like personal information because of fear of like whatever being reported, deported, yeah. whatever. And it's like, who's this? We don't who, know their story. Who am I to say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who am I to say that you shouldn't be given the opportunity? Um, America is, is big. There's a lot of places where people don't live in America. Like, so um, I say if Ted Cruz can escape to Cancun because it was snowing <laughs> <laughs> and he, they didn't, they couldn't turn the heat on, you know, uh, <laughs> we should have more compassion for people that are escaping because they're, for their lives, True, because they're, you know, um, so Thank you for listening to our podcast again every Sunday. You know what time it is. Every Sunday we have a new episode. That's right. And Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was it. That was perfect time. That was just a, that was It sounded like mic drop. <laughs> the cat dropped, but it sounded it's sonically it sounded like a mic drop. <laughs> Perfect timing! Wow, yeah, it could have come at a better time. <laughs> like it's done. It, it it is finished. I trained my cat. I trained. Yeah, it is finished. <laughs>